0: listening to the Save the Marriage podcast. Your marriage can be saved and strengthened if you have the right information. Join Dr. Lee balkum as he explores ways for you to improve your relationship and your life starting right now. Over the last couple of weeks, I've talked about separation. And the reason that separation often comes in is because somebody's trying to create some space. So today I want to talk about why space is so hard on people. Now, one of the things that I'm very clear about is probably about 99% of the people, and I'm being probably a little kind in that estimate, but 99% of the people who come to my program, come into my Save the Marriage system, come into my coaching Are one type of person they are the pursuer at least at this moment at least at this time and the reason they're pursuing is because their spouse has become the distancer so the pursuer is trying to close the distance and the distancer is trying to create the space so why is it that it's so hard to allow for that space you want to understand that separation of any kind really is a major enforcement of space. So as I've talked about many times, there is a certain pattern that tends to happen. Somebody says, I'm not happy. So generally the person, when they say, I'm not happy, they've pulled away a little bit. The person who feels the pull away, the pursuer at this moment, tries to close the distance, only to have the person then say, you know what, I need a little bit of space. At that point, it's probably only about emotional space. I just need a little space to get my head around this. And then the pursuer really gets a little panicked, pulls up even closer, not knowing that they're doing that. And the person says, you know what? I need to separate. Physical separation is a way of enforcing emotional space when you can't get it. So one of the things we have to understand is that whenever somebody separates, it's generally because they have a need to create a major enforcement of space. It's no longer enough to say, hey, I'm feeling crowded in this. I need to be able to clear my thoughts. It's no longer enough to say, you know what? I'm not really happy. I've got to figure this out. Now it's saying I need some distance from us. So emotional, psychological space is the place where somebody needs to not feel pressured so that they can figure out what they're thinking about the relationship. That's one layer of this space thing. The next layer, physical space, is an attempt to get away from the person who can't quite give them the space they need, at least the amount that they think that they need. They're interlinked, but there is a major step up. When somebody says, we need to separate, there is a level of acuity that enters into the relationship that wasn't there before. So part of what we're talking about now is a continuum from emotional space to physical space, all the way to termination of the relationship. It starts out with the stirrings of, I'm not happy with us together. Now, it would seem that the beginning point of I'm not happy with us together is so let's get close again. But for the person who's been trying, trying to figure out a way back in, it feels a little bit different. I'm not happy and I've tried is generally what I hear from people. So understand that, unfortunately, the I'm not happy speech usually comes only after the person has struggled to figure out a way around that unhappiness on their own, without including both people, without including you in this case. And so you're unaware of that unhappiness until they have already decided that they need some some change, some switch. Here's the problem with this. We humans are wired for connection, It's in our DNA. We need closeness and connection to feel safe. Earlier today, my wife and I ventured out to the zoo, our local zoo, and we were looking at the animals and we came up on the meerkat display. Now, meerkats are from Africa. We were on a rainy 50 degree day and the meerkats were bunched up on top of each other, trying to stay warm and connected. That's how they felt safe. As we wandered through, that was pretty much true with any of the kind of the herd animals. They were all trying to gather together to be close to each other because that's that's what mammals need, more so humans who have not just that need, that mammalian need, but also the mind need, the connection need to be able to share things with people. My guess is none of those meerkats were thinking and talking to each other about, hey, you remember last week when you know, it, was, it was even colder than this, when we had that polar vortex coming in through? Boy, that was really cold. This isn't so bad, but boy, I hope it warms up tomorrow. They, they probably were not having that conversation, right? But humans do that, nor were the meerkats saying, boy, it's been a rough day at the office, and the other person say, oh, tell me all about it because I really love to hear about your day. But humans need that, that emotional connection. So part of what we have, we share with lots of other creatures. But then there's the uniqueness of humans, of being able to share that verbally. And the problem is it's so deeply wired within us that when there is a rupture of that connection, it actually activates the same pain centers in your brain that happen when you injure yourself physically an emotional injury triggers the same places as a physical injury. This is part of why the space thing is so difficult when you're not prepared for it. You're not asking for it. It's being thrust upon you. The thing is that we all are wired to actively try to avoid and alleviate pain. That's part of human nature. And in fact, when people try to be in pain, try to force themselves to be in that pain, that's because of a psychological issue that they have. They're, they're kind of without that issue, we all try to avoid the pain. Now, here's the thing. When people are trying to inflict pain upon themselves, it's usually because they want to cover up other pain in their life. So even they are trying to find a way of avoiding one pain by trading it for another. Most of us, though, just simply don't want to be in pain, and that's why the space thing is so difficult. If it creates a place in your brain that feels like a psychological wounding, you're trying to fix that. You're trying to to find a way around that, and we all do that every day in, in life. When something is hurting us, what do we do? We try to find a solution to it that leaves us in less pain. So psychologically, it's very difficult for somebody we're so close to to want to have distance. So if you remember, I've talked about the fact that in marriage, we make a psychological shift. Let me say that more accurately. There is a psychological shift that we need to make for marriage to be successful. And the, the promise of marriage half shifts us there. It gets us half away. When we say to somebody, no matter what life throws our way, no matter whether we have good days or bad days, rich days, poor days, healthy days, sick days, whatever those days are, and by the way, once you talk about those days, what days are left, right? Good days or bad days? I mean, you've eliminated anything else, sick days, healthy days, you've eliminated any days, rich days, poor days, and there are no days left. And so we've promised basically, no matter what happens in our life, you and I, we're a team. I'm on your side. So we've created a bond psychologically, and we create a bond physically. And then somebody says, you know what? It's too close, too much. I need some space. And when they pull away, that bond feels stretched and stressed and fractured. And so it creates a painful response in us. So when one person is rejecting the connection – It creates a desperation in the other person for that connection. That's why I need space is so hard for people to manage. It's triggering all kinds of fear responses in their brain, in their psyche, even in their body, how it feels like such a pain. And so that creates this pursuer-distancer cycle. When that pursuer distancer cycle starts to emerge, what's the distancer do? Well, in relationships, whoever needs less from a relationship holds the power of that relationship. They're in a bargaining position because the other person needs something more. I mean, it's basically the same as in any point of negotiation. Whoever has the upper hand gets to set the standards for that negotiation. If I own everything and you're trying to negotiate to get some of that, I have the upper hand because I have everything. You're trying to get some. And see, there's the problem. When you're trying to get something from me, I'm having to give something up. And so what you're asking the distancer to give up is some of that emotional space that they're trying to hold on to and to hoard. They're trying to pull away and hold on to that, and you're wanting some of that back. And so you can see the, the struggle that begins to emerge from that and why it gets to be so difficult. So the distancer, having the advantage, can always pull away further. That's the thing about it. You can't force somebody to get closer to you. And yet every day I watch and listen to people who are trying desperately to chase after somebody and pull them back in. When I talk about the fact that begging and cajoling and pleading and rationalizing and all the other things that happen will not work, it's because of this. The other person has the advantage. If I want less of our relationship than you do, I can always pull further away. You're trying to pull me back, and I get the advantage of pulling further away. It's the basic uh, p- lo- 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 the logistics of trying to negotiate the space that makes it so difficult, so painful. So as that cycle emerges, if it begins to cycle round and round, the space begins to grow further and further. The distancer can say, I need more and more space. So at first they say, hey, I'm not happy, which elicits the pursuing process. And the distancer steps one further back and says, you know what, I need a little bit of space. At that point, they usually just mean emotional space. But the pursuer, in the pain and the fear, chase harder and faster. And the distancer runs harder and faster and says, you know what, maybe let's do an in-house separation. I'm going to sleep in a separate bedroom. Sometimes they don't know to call it an in-house separation, but they say, you know what, I'm going to sleep in a separate bedroom. I'm going to get my own meals. I'm going to take care of my own stuff. When that doesn't work because the pursuer is caught up in the cycle, then the distancer says, you know what, I'm going to get my own apartment, my own house, my own whatever. I'm, I'm out of here. When that doesn't work, when they can't resolve it through there, the distancer says, you know what? I don't want this anymore. I'm going to make a permanent end to our relationship, a divorce. All because that process began to gain momentum and spin out of control until both people are desperately trying to find their end of this. Desperation fuels the chase and the distancing which is why it's so important to make sure that you don't get stuck in that role. This is the importance of having a plan and having a perspective. So the plan is something you have that will guide your actions as you're trying to save your relationship. The plan can help you understand how you're going to move forward in ways of clarity and moments of fear. That's what a plan does for any of us. Let's say that your family creates a plan on what to do in case of a fire. The reason you're doing that is because when there's a fire, it's a little hard to think clearly in the moment of crisis. So ahead of time, you think through what you're going to do, and then you let that guide you when the crisis comes. It's the same with this, your your plan to save your marriage. The plan needs to tell you what actions you're going to take and how you're going to do it so that you can make sure you're not getting pulled off. In our next podcast episode, I'm going to talk about what derails us in this process. What will derail you? There are four things that derail people in the process and how important it is to be aware of that. That will be your perspective. But when I talk about perspective in this manner, I want you to have a perspective from your spouse's side of realizing that the faster you chase the faster your spouse runs because of their fear. Have a perspective on the fear that's going on within your spouse and the desperation that's going on within your spouse that creates a problem if you don't attend to that. A perspective is having empathy for the fact that the other person is trying to figure their way through this too, through the fear Almost an equal fear of yours, as much as you're feeling the fear of losing that connection, they're feeling the fear of losing themselves in the connection. It's two of the fears that I talk about in my Save the Marriage system, the fear of intimacy and the fear of abandonment that fight against each other in this process. So you want to make sure that you have a plan together on how you're going to work through this and that you have a perspective on what's going on. So what do you do if you don't have that? Well, this is where uh, and the reason that I wrote the Save the Marriage System, so that you understand the dynamics behind this. You understand how this happens, the tug of war that happens in those two fears of intimacy and abandonment, of how you work through this, of how you connect with somebody, how you rebuild that connection, and really how you're working towards rebuilding or, for the most part, building for the first time a true sense of we, of we are in this together. We're a team. That's the importance of the Save the Marriage system. So if you're kind of lost in this and finding yourself having a very hard time with that distance, this is where we want to get together and work you through this. Grab my Save the Marriage system and get started on that. Save Savethemarriage.com. That's where you get the system. That's Save Savethemarriage.com. Now, right now, as long as I have room, I want to do a couple of things to kind of up the capacity for you. One is to invite you into my VIP program for a week, Give you a full week of access to all the resources and all the coaching and everything else that I have there. Just just say yes when I say, hey, do you want to try this out for a week? It's a week. No obligation. If it doesn't work for you, if it's not doing what you need, you can cancel. You cancel the first day if you want to, but check it out and see what that's like. Also, after you've got the Save the Marriage system, if you go to your download page, which you'll have full instructions on how to do that in your email, on that download page, you're gonna find a button there that is a place where you can click for a free coaching session. It's a get started session with one of my coaches. About a 15 to 20 minute session to make sure that you're getting started the best way you can. Take advantage of that. No obligation for that either. We just wanna make sure that you're ready to go You've got the resources you need and you're stepping forward as powerfully as you can because one of the things that often happens is that we watch people get the information, but their fears of the space, the, the pain of the separation, drive them to act in ways that are counter to what they want to get to. And we want to make sure that we, we stop that. We stop the damage done from that and get you back on course. So the place to start, save the marriage system, you can find that at savethemarriage.com. That's savethemarriage.com. This is Lee Walcom, wishing you the best as you work to save your marriage. You've been listening to Save the Marriage Podcast. For more information and help, please visit us at savethemarriage.com.